And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is episode five. Uh, I just thought the other day that at some point, I guess, we'll have to stop saying what episode it is every single time we start. Um, now that we've got five under our belt, I feel like, you know, that's a good, nice, solid number that I didn't really expect us to get to. Um, so, yeah, now that we're there, I feel like now it's just, it's known, universal, you know? Another one, DJ Cali. Um, today, Big Hawk, uh, all thanks to you, we have uh, our first guest who now knows that he is on the podcast because he's here. And um, I'm going to let you tell the world who he is. What's up, SHWW? Tonight, we got a very special guest, uh, a buddy of mine, roommate in college. Uh, We got a lot of stuff we can put out here that would ruin our careers or any type of things we want to do publicly. But uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, We got an 09 national champion and a good friend of mine, Bobby Frazier, head coach of Brother Rice. Welcome to SHWW. How you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, proud, proud listener from day one. So this is an honor to be to be the first guest. Electric man. Uh, I know the, you know, SHWW Nation. I uh, really appreciate you being on here, and it's a monumental landmark for um, where we're headed. How many listeners are we at right now? What's the uh, analytics uh, from the first couple? Hey, listen, we've been less than 30 days since our first episode, and we have right at like 250 downloads. Yeah, so if okay. you take away our family members uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple other friends like of ours. one number out of that, that you want, whether it's the zero, the two, or the five, and, uh, you know, you probably have our organic reach, but – Nice. Well, what are you up to now since you left Carolina and what's going on? I know you're a uh, head coach of Brother Rice. I've seen you out there handling your practices uh, when I was with Charlotte. Me and Marvin came through. What's yeah, going on? I mean, since I left Carolina, that's a, that's a nice uh, 11-year window if you, you want me to jump into and Yeah, just talk. tell us what's up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, go into detail. Uh <laughs> Yeah, give us well, a day by day, uh, day by day rundown of the last. Decade. Yeah, so so I graduated on uh, no. Um, uh, so the last <laughs> this is my sixth year back in Chicago, uh, coaching basketball, brother ice, my alma mater. Uh, I also do admissions at the school. It's an all boys Catholic school on the south side of Chicago. Um, have been really really enjoying it. Um, before that, I bounced around the college landscape for three years uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. For two of those, uh, played professionally in Europe for two of those. Uh, so I've been, been traveling a little bit, I guess, in those last 11 years, but last, uh, last five and six been setting up shop here back in Chicago and, uh, you know, see where it, see where it goes. I know your dad's a uh, big Bob got him in my phone, saved his big Bob, uh, occasionally send him some texts on accident, yeah, uh, trying to get in touch with, uh, with Bob, <laughs> but, uh, I know your dad was a high school coach, um, has, has done a lot of good things around Chicago well known. Uh, what made you get into coaching? And have you always been interested, or is it just something that kind of happened organically, and you enjoy the game that much and wanted to stay around? No, yeah. When I when I was playing, I always thought after I was done playing that I would get into it. Um, I loved being around our assistant coaches in college, seeing scouting reports, and you know, seeing how everything was put together and running a program and stuff like that. Obviously, growing up, being around my dad, uh, he was a high school coach for thirty years. I was the ball boy. I was always in you know the locker room at halftime, and you know, it's probably where I learned swear words and things like that. But it was it was just always something that in the back of my mind that I thought 
it's something that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, now that I've been doing it for five, six years, really, really loving it. Um, I, I think at the high school level, you can really be impactful with kids. You know, college is fun and there's a lot of money in it and stuff like that, obviously. But, uh, I just, I just think at it, 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 the high school, it's, it's a little more, uh, I don't know, personal, um, college can be, the grind and there's some griminess to it for sure. In high school uh, there, it's pretty, pretty genuine. Uh, you know, the kids, the, the rivalries, the, the, the packed houses you get, the community coming out. I think it's, 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 it's been a lot of fun and hopefully I'm having a, a good impact on some of these kids that, that come through uh, brother rice. Yeah. I think brother rice is uh, pretty lucky to have you. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of biased. So, but when you say, you know, you, we're, we're kind of removed from high school. It's been a while. We've gotten older. Is there any difference you see in these high school kids now versus when we're in, in school? I know like cell phones and technology and everything have really come social media is out there. Is there any like big difference that you see? Um, from their personality, not really like uh, kids are idiots, just like we were idiots when we were 16 and 17. Um, just, just having to deal with all the social media, I think is the biggest difference. Like one, probably my second year in, I was like messing with the kid. I'm pretty good with technology and stuff. And we make, you know, kid like missed the box out guy goes in and gets a tip, tip dunk. You know, I put it on our Twitter page, like our brother's basketball Twitter page, like jokingly, like, Hey, you know, we're going to work on box outs today and like put that clip up there and then like tag the kid who missed the box out. Then apparently like it blew up. People were sharing it, making fun of him and stuff like that. So then his dad had to call me and was like, Hey, can you just take it down? Like I get what you were trying to do. And so like, there's just things like, you know, like that. I didn't think like that was going to affect him you know, mentally or emotionally at any means. I thought it was just like a good lighthearted joke. Like we ended up winning the game. He was our best player. Like, you know, but, uh, but just, just things like that, um, that, that the kids have to deal with. If someone gets dunked on, if there's a highlight tape, someone gets crossed over, there's, it just blows up on social media on these highlight tapes on Instagram. And then everyone's commenting. And, and there's just a lot of, a lot of that that kids have to deal with that, that we didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, back in early 2000s. I agree. And the one thing I noticed is how important social media is to young kids. And I didn't realize, I guess I didn't really grasp this until I come back and I'm around some of the current guys and uh, that play at Carolina and see, you know, it means a lot to them. And it's just a different, it's a different culture than what I was uh, coming from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, didn't have a cell phone. Probably, I don't even think I had an email when I got to Carolina. <laughs> and right, then, yeah, my- uh, yeah. No, my, uh, you know, I was going to say my first cell phone was junior year of high school. Um, but it, it is crazy. These kids, like you see everyone has highlight tapes and even kids that are like, you know, on the sophomore team that never play, they played one like highlight camp. They get a 30 second, you know, highlight clip tape made of them. You know, they, they put it on their, their Instagram and everyone's commenting like, you know, your season, all oh, you nasty, your D one, like from a 30 second clip of them, like, elevating six inches off the floor, making a left-handed layup or something. It, it, it's wild to have to try to reel kids back into reality uh, when they think like that's, you know, that they're good because of something like that. Dude, Bob, what I wouldn't give, I don't know if you heard the last episode when we talked about my illustrious high school career, but like at this stage of my life, I would just absolutely kill to see a video of myself playing <laughs> In high school, dude, I was so bad. Like, um, yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting element. Yeah, because I had a, I'm a little older, I think, than either one of you guys, and I had like the little Nokia phone with the snake on it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, just huge minutes restriction off the floor, right. From not, not from the coach, but from my mom and dad, like, dude, if he's talking that thing for 30 minutes, they're going to kick your ass. Um, cause the cell phone bill is going to be about 200 bucks. Rollovers, yeah, rollovers. It's a load management <laughs> yeah, aspect of that too. It's a big deal, man. Like <laughs> rollover changed the game forever. Uh, forget data. Uh, yeah. I remember we used to have like literally our whole family had like 200 minutes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, dude, that's uh, that's an interesting. You know, we didn't have we didn't have this Instagram or when we were in college, and I'm I'm kind of it's like a double edged sword. Like you know, everything's captured right there in the moment, but also you got the aspect of where you're in college, and you know, sometimes you don't really have the courage. Sometimes go up to that girl that sitting at the bar. You know, you you looked at a few times, um, and you're like, oh, you know, it wouldn't be bad to throw out some dms back in the day that's where that's where facebook facebook was like i remember getting my unc email address and being like the first thing is just running to my you know my laptop and logging into facebook and that was that was the first thing and then another thing you could talk about is when you know we we jumped off the uh the, the deck or whatever like that took a week to get out and get like disseminated like nowadays if that were to happen that's like six seconds after it happens, it's everywhere. And everyone's blogging about it, tweeting about it. It took a week from somebody to see it on somebody's Facebook page, take it, put it on their blog. Then it started going on email chains. And then, you know, part of the interruption runs with it. And, and it's, it's just wild at how long that took back in 2008. And, so, so know, Bob, does that add like an element and maybe um, me being like the, just, you know, the, the diehard, like just investigative journalist uh, I am and, and, and really preparing for this. Like I, I, my next question was for you guys is whether or not you guys are any good. Um, but before we even get there, like, so the kids are one thing, right. But, but my mind goes to the crazy ass parents, right. That are like, you, you mentioned the dad called, he was cool about it. I feel like, you know, most parents probably are, but, and not even like their direct communication with you. Um, but how do you handle like now you have like, I would imagine like visibility to all of this noise, because if there's anything I remember in high school and literally went to school, like, I don't know if a single person that I went to high school with played a division one sport of any kind and all of their parents all thought they were going to be professional, like track athletes or yeah, anything. It was ridiculous. So like, you know, the parents element in high school is one of those things I would imagine is probably the hardest thing to deal with in general. And then you add social media to the mix. And I feel like that's probably, I can speak on that. Um, Bob, I know Bob probably didn't want to talk about it too much, but I feel like the high school level parents are overly involved. And I think the one thing it does is it makes it awkward on the, the player too. I mean, the kid, because every parent has high hopes and aspirations for their kid period. And when you have a kid that, you know, you know, thinks the next Kobe or something like that, not every, like those kids have no idea what it takes to get to, to division one level, low division one level, and even sometimes low level uh, college basketball. And Every kid, every every parent has an answer. Everybody can be in the driver's seat, and everybody can be a Monday coach. This is what we're going to do after the game. Oh, you should have done this, should have done that. Until you're in the seat and coaching the team, it's it's totally different. And I know, I know you get a lot of that, Bob, and it's it's probably tough to talk about it. But uh, I would imagine that's probably up there and one of the more difficult things to do at the high school level. I and mean, you even see it at the college level too. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing of that is that, at, so I have to run our whole program for varsity, sophomore, freshman. The biggest thing of that is on the lower levels. 
Um, it's when it's like the kid's first time, never not playing. Like most kids, you know, you're the best kid in your seventh or eighth grade team. Then you get to high school. Okay. Now it's your first time not really playing on the freshman team. And I think there's this mindset or culture out there. There's so many travel programs and travel teams where, okay, I pay money to be on this team. So I'm playing a ton on this team. And okay, if I'm not playing anymore, then I can take my money and take my ball and I'm going to pay, I'll pay it. To, and then now I'm playing on this team. So like these parents have this idea of they can take their money and they're entitled to like playing time. And they, if there's not a spot for them here, they can go somewhere else and, and play somewhere else. And nobody really kind of fights through like, oh, I'm on the bench now. Let me work harder. Let me earn my spot back up here. It's, it's more so now just oh, there's an issue. Let's talk with the coach. Okay. If not, we're transferring, we're going somewhere else. And especially we're at a private school. So they feel like maybe they're paying tuition. And so they're entitled to that too. But it, that's, that's the biggest, you know, hurdle to get over is getting it through the parents head too, that it's, it's not just like their God given rights since they're paying tuition or they make the team that they're going to play. And so, um, you know, it's, and it's more so too at the lower level, by the time kids are juniors and seniors are at the varsity level, they kind of know their role and where they kind of stand in the pecking order and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, it is, it is something we've had kids leave the program, leave the school just because, you know, they weren't playing. And, and, and it's like, what kind of lesson are you, are you teaching your kid? If that's what you're going to do when, Oh, Hey, you're not starting, you're not getting as much minutes as you want. All right, let's go to this school over here. And then, and then you can play more like, okay. Yeah. And I, I did a, I talked to my uh, junior high um, over zoom during the COVID situation uh, for graduation or some, some class like that. And one of the guys asked me, what's Kobe? Like, what's his routine? What's he do? I was like, well, what's it matter to you? There's not a Kobe in this room. I said, if you want to be good, be the best player in town. Don't go to one of the best players of all time and try to compare a junior high kid. He has put so much work to get to that level. He has there are things that he does that you just can't bypass all the small steps and end up at his level of skill and expect to do those same things. He's put in hours of of um, crafting the simple fundamentals before he shoots the turnaround fadeaway over his right right shoulder to to win the game three feet behind the NBA three point line. And the, for those junior high kids that even try to you know do what Kobe does is ridiculous. But one thing I want to go back to Bob, and we talked about it, is when we jumped off that balcony. <laughs> and the one thing I wish they did have that on social media because there's one person. <laughs> That really got left out, and that's Marcus. And yeah. if he's listening, nobody ever gave him shit for jumping off that balcony. And Marcus, Marcus, well, I remember when we were talking about it. I was, I had drank so much, so much alcohol that day. I couldn't even spell my name. That's the old Surrey Wood saying. <laughs> but I remember when we jumped off that balcony, I looked at Bob and I said, Bob, if you do it, I do it. I think Bob was the first one to do it. Maybe I did it, but Marcus did it too. Yeah. And no one ever mentioned Marcus in that. Well, it's it's the smoking gun. There's no like photo of him. There's a photo of you like midair with your socks on, like, you know, jumping Shocker. into the water. There's a video, a video of me like propelling like off the balcony. So those are like two. And then Marcus is like in the pool already, you know, already wet. Like he already jumped, but there's just no evidence of it. So therefore, yeah, he didn't get, uh, he didn't get called in, but it is, it is hilarious that he, Dude, he was just, you know, no one talks about it. Weren't you coming off like a knee injury or something? Wasn't there an I, I element like, to that? I was like four or five months out of surgery. You yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. I, okay, I was, okay. I just I, remember. I was, uh... I, I was rehabbing that morning with Jonas, our strength coach. And like, again, last day of classes, Tyler announces he's coming back for senior year. 
And then, and then, yeah, I remember being at a frat and someone's like, Oh, Hey, I got, I had to borrow clothes from some frat bro there to, to jump in the pool and, and, you know, the rest of the Listen, if everyone that knows that went to UNC, the last day of class, and I'm sure it's like this at other universities, is mad. Like, you look forward to the last day of class for months. Like, also, oh, also, they call, what is it, LDOC? Is that what they say now? Like, LDOC. We, we, we all used to say LDOC, right? I wouldn't know, Bob. I man, dude, I treated pretty. You were, well, no, sleep at about eight. I, eight I, of those last day of class. Day of class. <laughs> it was the last day of class. It was a good chance it might have been on any given day. But um, yeah, I mean, the last day of class. I mean, that was one of my favorite days of the year. I remember that that uh, that day. They had a liquor luge in the uh, frat house, and they had this this sculpture where the, the liquor was just flowing down. And I remember we jumped off that thing and it, I was embarrassed because I remember looking, I had an Ed Hardy shirt on wow. and uh, yeah, it was V-neck too. Okay. I want to show the body off a little bit. And they started <laughs> chanting my name. They started chanting Bob's name. And there was no, I mean, you would have had to put me out on a stretcher. I was jumping off that damn balcony. I don't care what happened. I felt like, I felt like a God sitting up there. And I know Bob <laughs> felt good too. <laughs> Luckily yeah, you made yeah, it. Everybody felt good that day. Yeah. I mean, we celebrated, um, me and Ty were coming back to school. Bob was mid rehab. Marcos was ready to party at any drop of a dime. And I remember <laughs> going back and I was sitting there. I had the spins. The next day my mom calls me and she's like, Tyler, did you jump off? Did you get, I was, I, I forgot what happened, but she called me and she's like, Tyler, how are you doing, honey? I was like, mom, I, listen, I'm not in the mood. Listen, I went out and got really drunk last night and jumped off a balcony. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about it. And she's like, Tyler, you need to stop doing that. I was like, Oh, I'm just joking, mom. I'm just joking. Sure enough. Came out on ESPN about a week later. She called me. <laughs> well, yeah. You got, you got to talk about how then when coach Williams, like, called us over to talk about it you you tyler is like the biggest you know authority if he sees a cop and he's going you know the speed limit he's going to slam on the brakes and go 10 miles underneath the speed limit like so coach williams comes and asks us about it and then tyler shoot he's like i did it because bob did this is like the first <laughs> the first thing he said he just throws me under the bus like thanks tyler where was marcus in that in that conversation exactly, yeah you got no you got off you know yeah. free yeah i remember um you know, I, it's, I was never totally comfortable around Coach Wayne. I have so much respect for him. Bob's, you know, Bob worked at Carolina for a year after, but you can put me in that situation. I'm sweating bullets just saying, hey, Coach, how are you doing today? <laughs> but, um, you know. Yeah, we were talking the other day about Tyler gets nervous playing golf with a coach. Have you played oh. Have you played golf with uh, with Coach before, Bob? I have, yes. My, my best story about that is uh, we were playing in a match. It was me and – Wes Miller versus him and uh, Coach Hass. Jared Hass had coach Stanford. And uh, there's like, good, Tyler's in the force and behind us. So, like, we're all kind of have bets like going. And like, I'm out of this hole or I have like a four footer maybe for bogey. The other guys are already in for par. My partner's in for par. And Coach Hass, you know, tells me to pick it up. I'm like, cool, just pick it up. I pick it up. I'm just thinking like, we're going to the next hole. Coach Williams makes me remark it the four footer for bogey just to say he's protecting the field in case I had any bets with guys, you know, behind me. So then I had to re put my ball down and then I luckily made the putt, but it was, he's a very, uh, you know, he's, he's by the book, but it was a lot of fun playing with him. I remember, um, coach coaches in the weight room when I was training in the, uh, the mornings, him and his wife and some of the crew come in there and left. And I was talking about putting this golf event together called the Tyler Hansborough Invitational. And I got a good crew coming in and we all did it at my course, old Chatham. And, uh, before it, 
Uh, the first and only. You haven't, you yeah, haven't one and only, too. but hey, <laughs> you know, COVID this year kind of postponed things. But uh, <laughs> I remember I, I remember I went up to Coach Williams' secretary and I said, listen, I want you to give Coach a note and say it's from Bobby Frazier. Oh, I, I said, this. I said, hey, Coach, make sure you go by the ATM before you come to the golf course. <laughs> Coach was so fired up when he got to the guy. Oh, he called his whole staff. There's like, can you believe what Frazier did? And, uh, and I'll be damned. He won the damn tournament. And uh, Bob, what did he do to you uh, after he won it? So I, I lost 20 bucks to him and he made me sign it. Uh, he, he still claims that he had the 20 in his wallet, which he probably, he probably could have it somewhere. But, but another thing he's, he's pretty quick or quick witted. I should say like he's terrible at texting, never text. And then one time me, him and Wes are on a group text and like, we're, you know, same thing Tyler's talking about like trash talking and stuff like that. And then, you know, I kind of say, make the same comment, like, can't wait, you know, to take your money or something on this golf trip. And he responds with, you know, be careful, son. He's like, I can, I can take the bet where you don't want to go. Which is, yeah, which is pretty true. He's, he's probably got some 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 extra cash, uh, a little bit more than I do. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I'll walk in that locker room or something. Coaches around there. I still train at the Dean Dome occasionally, and he'll pull that twenty out with the Fraser uh, signature on it. Start laughing, but uh, you know he, he is a tough one to golf. Well, not tough. He's fun, but he's uh, he's about as rule book as they come. Kind of like myself on the golf course. He also uh, gets very angry at himself, which I find then hilarious. <laughs> like when someone when you're playing with someone, like obviously when you guys play with Cam and he's throwing you know clubs in the woods and stuff like that, you think you find it hilarious. And like, so yeah, Tyler's Pete. got a couple sandwiches at the bottom. Davy Jones locker on uh, on Finley over there. I saw him throw his uh, what is it, fifty six in there. So somebody, uh, somebody dig that out one. That is hole fifteen. That is hole You're fifteen. Gloves? Yeah. Well, I've, I had a sixty degree that deserved to be put under. Uh, so I threw wow, it right I in that pond. I didn't, I didn't know that. It's, yeah. It's and, really uh, like you. He hit a snap hook last time we played at OC with Herm and uh, old Cannon, this guy, uh, Hermie Sadler's friend. Uh-huh. Tyler, uh, I don't know. I've only played old chat up a couple of times, but man, Tyler had just snap hook off the, uh, off the, uh, a par three there. And literally, I mean, just boomeranged whatever club it was. <laughs> and it started like fading over toward the cart path, right? Oh, so I, yeah. see it go, I see it going toward the cart path and I just go, sit. <laughs> it's because I wanted it to sit to, to not hit the cart path. And it skipped down the down the rocks and Tyler's just like, I'm really sorry, guys. And we're like, bro, I was throwing my clubs like Yeah, for I, I have a Scotty Cameron with it. The shaft has been been in it for 10 years. Bob, what's your golf index right now? Uh, eight, six, eight, six. Yeah, Bob's not, not a bad golfer. He's I, uh, I play enough, but it just doesn't get any better. So I need to, I need to do something different. That's usually what I start every round with. I'm not sure what you even mean by golf index, but eight and six, those are, I'm very familiar with those two numbers. Bob, uh, also, um, one other question is Bob's got a unique drive. Uh, <laughs> it goes about two, we call them old Hulu. <laughs> no, Boomerang Bob. Boomerang yeah, yeah. Bob. Cam's yeah. Hulu. Because Cam, Cam, hit, Cam, yeah, he'll be about three or four feet from the hole and he puts everything out. And uh, the the ball will hit the hole and just hoo hoop right on around and just lay right there. And there's no more satisfaction than oh, you see God. there. And uh, Cam can do everything but make, but put the ball in the hole. Yeah, it's the name of the game. Yeah. But uh, Bob's Boomerang Bob, because off the tee box, 
I don't know what it's called when a thing goes right. What is splice. it? It's yeah, a splice. Splice. yeah. I mean, so, you want to call it a power fade, uh, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately, guys, eliminating half of the half of the course. You know, I'm never going to miss left. So I, you know, I know my, I'm going to play my boomerang. Yeah, it comes off to the left. It takes a, it goes all the way out there, and then just boomerangs on back in the middle. And uh, <laughs> now, Bob, I'm work, actually, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. Bob actually is the one that got me into golf. Uh, I just, I just hope you stay into it. You're, you're very, uh, you like to go through fads and phases of things. Like you have, you, you were into wine for a while. You're into cigars, you're into <laughs> dogs, like, and you've kind of gotten out of those phases. So I'm hoping you stick with golf because it, it is a, it is a good one to keep. Golf's here to stay. I've made too, right. too many friends, too many financial commitments. Uh, Dude, no, the, the best was we were out there on number, uh, number 11 at Finley. Um, this has been a long time, but, but uh, Tyler got into the trap. <clears throat> He's not good out of sand. Tyler's way better golf than I am, which is setting the bar like on the floor, but nonetheless. Uh, so he's just, um, he's in the green side bunker short of the green. And he, <laughs> he's just like, all you see is like basically his head. And then like he's swinging, you see sand go up and nothing else happens. Right. <laughs> you see whoom, and it's sand and nothing's there. And he does this like four or five times. And like, instead of just, Oh, Siri's talking to me. That'll be good to edit out. Um, so uh, instead of just picking the ball up and just, you know, um, he literally starts to dig his like cleats into the sand like a baseball player, you know, like he's just been fouling pitches off. Right. Like it's like it's three, two and it's like the 12th pitch to the bat. And he just you see his the veins in his arms. He just cranks him <laughs> on the shaft and just like takes this really deep breath and like like spits in the sand. And just slugs it, and it it goes over the green into the other trap, dude. And we just died. I mean, it was uh, it was hysterical. Just the intensity with which he was like, "Dude, I am, uh, you know, I'm getting out of the trap." And yeah, I um, that's those are my favorite things when when T gets to playing with him is when he gets stuck in the sand trap. I'm a middle midget in the sand, uh, Bob. What do you think your best part of your golf game is? Uh, probably just my course knowledge. You know, I like to study each course, look at the, look at the wind. Uh, I study, you know, study which way the wind's blowing. So I know if that's into me, if it's hurting in off the left, you know, so I, I can plod my way around the course, you know, that's, that's kind of what I like to like to do, but yeah, Bob looks no, at the Doppler radar. <laughs> I just show up and I'm like, God, dude, I'm going to buy a raincoat to get through uh, this. I road. look on Google earth GPS and my, you know, how I'm going to attack each hole. Yeah, I've got like the uh, the old Bushnell. I pull that sucker out. And I'm like, what do we got here? It's like, you know, somebody says like, oh, it's 163, and I'm just like, I shoot it. I'm like, oh, it's 165. Like, and then I hit my six iron, which should be a, you know, uh, I mean, I'd be really doing well for myself if I could hit that thing 165. And I usually, you know, if it's 165, I usually hit it about 130. Um, yeah, dude, golf you, is, is fucking frustrating. I know you, I know you're going to have Wes on here hopefully one day, but you got when when write this down, when you have Wes on here, you got to ask him. So me, Wes and Dewey were playing a course up in Philly, uh, and doing, we have caddies. It's awesome. Like playing with caddies is obviously a, a fun way to enjoy around the golf, but we're on the first hole, you know, it's like a 400 whatever yard par four. Wes is in the middle of fairway caddy caddy, you know, we're dead uphill caddy goes, Hey, you got 63 to the flag. And like, 
obviously any normal human being can decipher that you're 160 yards away from the flag rather than 60 yards away. So West takes out a 60 degree wedge, hits the shot. It goes, you know, he thinks it's going right at it and it's a hundred yards short <laughs> of, of, of the flag. And West turns and looks at the caddy like, and the caddy's like 163. And like the, the fact that he was that oblivious to, to where he was on a golf course is, is astonishing to me. So to ask him about that one. Bob, Bob, do you like caddies? I love caddies. I know you hate caddies. You you hate when people one talk to your ball. I love like somebody hits a ball, I'm gonna talk to it as soon as it's in the air. And I'll probably say the wrong thing. I'll say get down when it's you know short of the short of the flag or feather. I know you hate that. And and I love I love caddies. I don't care if they're terrible. I don't care if they don't know anything about golf. Like it's just it's just fun to have someone you know walk around with you, you talk to them, they're carrying your bag, give you a number. Like it's the way it's the best. Yeah, so Bob's easy to play golf with. He likes to laugh, have fun. When I walk to the golf course, I lock in and I'm ready to go. And uh, sleep knows this. And uh, (laughs) if anybody talks to my damn ball, I I get so pissed off with it. I know people have good intentions, but – you know, when I see, when I shoot the ball straight left out of bounds and there's no, it's not coming back in and somebody's screaming there, get down, get down, get down. Get I'm like, hey, listen, I don't think that fucking ball's coming back there, buddy. I just shot a scud missile into somebody's backyard. You think that ball's going to turn back around and sit? Oh, man. I, uh, my, um, I don't remember what I was getting ready to say, but yeah, we, um, Bob, you're definitely probably more my speed. Although like I get super frustrated because the thing about golf to me, man, is that it's just, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's the definition of insanity for me. Like I'm, I'm the most like polarized golfer I've ever encountered myself. Like I literally can go out sometimes I'm left-handed. I didn't grow up playing golf. Like I have like some fundamental like flaws, flaws that just like do not work with golf uh mainly like casting and and and, and kind of picking the ball off the ground but yet somehow sometimes i can just put it all together and go shoot like in the mid to low 80s right Mm -hmm. that's the worst possible thing that can happen to me is i go out and shoot like an 85 and then i'm like all i need is a little work and i'm breaking i'm breaking 80 right and then i'll go out the next day 109. I mean, I just literally, cause I can't, I can't handle it, man. Last time I was out with Tyler, I shot four triples in the front nine and shot a 91 at old Chatham. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on fire on the back nine. Yeah, I just can't put it really all well. together, man, but I flip the switch every now and then. That's what we did on all Hulu. We, uh, Bob, every time me and sleep play, sleep's playing really bad. I always tell him how bad Preston is. And, uh, <laughs> he I'm like, he's like, Man, get fucking Preston out of here. I want to play Preston. <laughs> that is, Preston, if you're out there, man, um, I challenge you any day of the week. Preston looks the best, though, when he's playing. He just bought those new those new Jordan 5s, golf shoes, whatever. Dolphin know. edition, oh, Miami Dolphin yeah, edition. Yeah, Miami Dolphin. But, uh, that's all, yeah, that's all I do. I always get picked early in a pickup game. Um, I always, uh, on, the, on the first tee, you know, if I'm getting paired up with some strangers, I know that they think they're in for a day. You know, I think they think, damn, this guy's about to shoot, you know, 68. Um, none of which is true. You know, I get picked on. I get picked up on the basketball thing because I'm just Nike'd out. You know, you guys are turning into a damn golf podcast here. The amount of golf, golf we talk about here. I'm staring at my clubs and getting rust on them. Last, last golf question: Who's the best golfer you play with, and who's the worst? 
that I play have ever played with or play with like play with like every once in a while of our friends or people who don't know Preston that are listening. Preston's one of our old, uh, he was a manager on the UNC basketball team. He lived with us for years, one of our best friends. And, uh, he's, uh, he's not optimistic on a lot of things. And so, uh, <laughs> he likes to, he likes to give me crap about absolutely everything. So, uh, there's well, no, hey, we know, we know he's not going to listen to this. Podcast. Oh no, he's he not going to, we can say whatever we want about it. No, he's going to be doing the Sudoku, <laughs> drinking a pour over coffee in the morning or doing a crossword puzzle <laughs> together or solving a math, math equation. But the SHWW pod just isn't, is it funny enough for uh, old Preston? Yeah. He's, he's, he's too cerebral. He needs, uh, to better his life, He's I guess, from a podcast. He doesn't want entertainment, but, uh, but no, the best, best golfer I've obviously it's probably Dewey. Dewey's, you know, a plus index or something like wow. that. He's, he's, yeah, he's Dewey Burke's really good. He's, he's my partner too. With the guy who's like one club championships and stuff like that. Like that, that guy's, he's pretty good. Um, worst golfer. I don't, I don't know. Every, I feel like everybody's terrible at golf. Like that, that's the thing that's like, that's why I don't, obviously I'm competitive and want to play well and have the lowest index I possibly can. But like if I'm out there and pack up a, you know, whatever, like a 90 or some terror, like it's still fun to be, I don't care if I'm playing with three randos, if I'm playing with three scratch golfers with whatever it's, you know, everybody stinks at golf. So that's, that's kind of my mindset, but. Bob is a great golfer to golf with, uh, has fun, loves to gamble. Just like me. I love to gamble. Bob loves the casinos too. Uh, Big dog loves the casinos too. Sleep dog loves the casinos too. Casino. Uh, the first interaction with Tyler that we had at a casino was in 2005. We go down to the Bahamas in the mm. spring or fall before our first freshman, you know, freshman basketball season. And Tyler does not know the rules of blackjack. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only 18 to gamble there. Coach Williams didn't care. Like we're at tables. We're, 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 you know, gamble, whatever Tyler has 21 hand. And he thinks that when you double down, you just double your bet. Like, he, like I'm going to win and double, double down. So he doubles down on 20, obviously gets a card, busts, loses, you know, runs this is everybody running, off at the table. <laughs> yeah. Running to the ATM, you know, you know, getting more cash out and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we always have a good time. When we're at the casino. Yeah. Oh man. My parents just got a house out near uh, Cherokee in North Carolina. And, uh, I went out there and just, I mean, I like gambling and I just never, man, uh, and, and good segue. If we get to that point, our sleep Hawk worldwide, uh, draft Kings league, um, True form is free money for whoever signs up. No, I'm, I'm oh over like God. two or three. I'm, I'm, I'm over two or three hundred, man. I just I can't win in gambling to save my life. Listen, if you win once, so you make up for about four or five weeks. So why wouldn't you just keep digging out of that hole? I tell oh, yeah, all you it know. takes is one good Sunday. This is a people. true story. This is a and we're not we're not experts. We're just regular Joes that like to watch a little yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, I know it comes across that we really got it, a racket going here based on how professional this is. I mean, we're staring into our computer screen here at the video camera shooting back at us, and it, it looks like... blurry. I might just add to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it looks like we spilled it. It's not HD. It's like we dropped in a glass of milk or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like a fishbowl or something. Yeah, exactly. No clue what's going on. Um, but, you know, uh, I did, in the last game of the NBA Finals, I had... Uh, I joined one of those big DraftKings pools, I had the number one guy. I mean, this is like a four dollar pool. <laughs> First prize won six grand, um, and the one guy that won picked picked the exact same lineup I did, but I picked Jimmy Butler and he picked Anthony Davis. I got twenty five dollars. 
And he got six grand off four, which I mean, six grand is like, okay, wow. that's a good win or whatever. But like, when you realize like $4 entry, like, I mean, it was a massive jackpot. If you were split that had you switched those two. Yeah. Um, effectively. Yeah. And there was like, I mean, there were, I want to say there were like a hundred thousand people or something in here. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but there were thousands and thousands of people in there. And I was like 50 something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it went 25 bucks. It was the most demoralizing yeah. thing I've ever, ever experienced in gambling. But that's why you come back. Yeah, like those no close calls. I mean, it's just like the golf course. I mean, you shoot an 80 and the next day you roll out there and, you know, shoot 110. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know what in hell we're going to segue next to, Bob. Um, but the draft is going on. What, what, what Here's the draft. Question. So, so, uh, so, so Bob, here's what's going on. You got the draft going down and this mm-hmm. is some burning question for me. You're, you're, you're an evaluator of talent. Tyler's played basketball. I, uh, don't know anything, but dude, uh, what is LaMelo ball? Is that, is he mm-hmm. the one? Dude, come on. That guy can't be. I don't think he's going to go one. Well, they, they were projecting to the Charlotte. And of course, the, the another great thing about the Sleep Hawk Worldwide podcast is by the time I figure out how to like make this thing work, it'll be like everybody already know all this shit. But dude, they, the Hornets, like I'm dying for the night. Here's what I hope happens. I hope the Hornets, if they draft him, I hope they trade him for Russell Westbrook. There's been some whispers that they might try to get him. Uh well, I love Westbrook back in his prime. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Bob, what's your take on that? Where's Russ now? Is he like, Houston? Houston still? Mm-hmm. It seems like Harden's trying to get out of Dodge. Yeah, everything's blowing up there. No, Lamelo. Again, I've never been a fan, I guess, of his. And then I, I follow some blogs, some analytics, and some people were saying that he's like a, you know, generationally terrible defender. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how much they can get from the Australian Basketball League or whatever he played in, but um he obviously offers something if he's going to be a lottery pick and people are talking about him that high. So um but yeah, I I, I don't follow it closely enough to have a, an opinion on the trades and mm-hmm. cap space and things like that. I kind of just scroll through Twitter and if I see something, if I yeah. see Woj tweeting something, maybe that that's kind of all all I'll know, but yeah, that's that's about all I got. For, so I don't for, really, I don't really think like I'm not saying that I think Westbrook is like some value here. I just think that if the Hornets got Westbrook, it would be the first time really since Kemba, and and even Kemba was really just sort of starting to come into his own. Like this will be the first time I can remember in a long time that the Hornets would have a player like worth going to watch besides. Yeah. The only problem with that (laughs) is I'm not sure Westbrook, I'm not sure if that would be just kind of a, a quick stop. Yeah. Westbrook's on the back end of his career. Uh, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's not young. He's got a lot of mileage, and I'm not sure he wants to work with the franchise. Is kind of building up yeah. like that. Uh, but it would be cool, I guess, to play for Jordan and stuff. But the one kid that, uh, if I was Charlotte, uh, the the kid from Dayton, Bob, you seen that kid play? Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. he's talented. I think he's yeah, got he's, a bright upside. Yeah, he's a freak. All right, forget basketball, Bob. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The Bachelor, dude. I know you watched it because when we were getting <laughs> everything set I, up I here, oh, come on, dude. Listen, this is a, Bob. You tell me. Space, you Bob. and Caitlin don't watch The Bachelor. This is a she, safe she has her little Tuesday. The Bachelorette. Let's be honest. Yeah, she. Has her All I get my Bachelor info is from this podcast right here, and my, the 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 funniest thing 
Tyler's done when he did the old whoopsie daisy or whatever. Oh, whoopsie daisies, man. I'm, I'm, I'm destined to make a meme. Listen, I've been into these bachelor bachelorettes. Uh, me and my mom watch them. I watch them. I think they're hilarious. Last, uh, last episode, they had some guy in there that had a fake baby that he brought around mm-hmm. to show to, uh, what's her name? Tasha, Tasha, And to show that, Hey, I'm ready to start a family. I'm ready for a commitment. So he's going to show that he can take care of a baby by having a fake baby there. So I missed that, that episode, but what it reminds me of and hearing you tell it is like when we were in home ec in high school and you had to like keep the baby alive that like had the sensor in it, that if you didn't feed it, which of course, like, you know, nobody did. Um, yeah, dude, that show dude is so stupid. I just don't understand how, women like this stuff it, to me but then i was telling somebody this is like what i relate to is and this is not like i'm not you know trying to be sexist here this is, i'm actually trying to give both sexes uh 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 um you know call them both out right so it's like two women talking about that don't watch football talk about football but that's what i that's what i view our you know an analysis if you will of of the bachelorettes but it's it's like a I did try to watch one episode and then I really was supposed to commit to watching them specifically so I could come to the show prepared to break it down. Uh Um, Dude, I don't, I don't know, man. I just think, I think, I think it's poisoned America. I think every woman now feels like, um, you know, especially when we talk a little about these like dating apps, I think every woman now feels like that she is uh, the director, editor, producer, uh, uh, a costume director and all this other stuff of their own, like real life bachelor. Yeah. Well, Bob's Bob, you're taking man and uh, he, he doesn't do the apps just like me. So you break down, you get that Bob. What's your, uh, what's your take on this? On apps. Yeah. Apps in general. I mean, sleep. Are you still on the, Oh dude, I just, I mean, it, I, your app of choice. Turn away. So like uh, I'm only on one and it's uh, the hinge one. And it really, yeah. I just find that like the quality is best there. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to me, man. It's like a sociology experiment. Like the, what I would love to be now is in college and in sociology and, and, and really study like how people interact on these things, right? Because it blows my mind. The whole thing does. Yeah, um, I mean, I think they're useful. I feel like people are finding their, you know, life partner on those. Um, it's, it's, a, it's amazing the ease of it, how, how they work. But I, I, like when I did use them, it's, it's a lot of conversations that maybe <laughs> I mean, painful. His phone just, was just bogged down. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to bring like a personal charge. Adam was blown. He was having overuse his charges. I'm just saying they, they fizzle. I don't know how many conversations it start, but then it just seems like one, you never meet up. It doesn't go anywhere. It's just, it's very, uh, and then you get, I kind of like oh this is dumb it's not gonna work you ever get catfished come on this is that now we're getting down a good path here you ever been catfished because i have and i'm not i'm not uh uh, it's like like the person was nothing like their exactly there's a couple things i've been catfished well uh manti teow over here Uh, (laughs) so uh there's a couple things you gotta watch out for in these things right first of all and this is i mean I, i feel like at this point I could write a book about it because you've got to watch out for the headshot. Okay. That's a, that's a rookie mistake. If you fall for a girl that's just putting headshots and listen, when I say, I, I really want to be like, 
honestly and seriously <laughs> cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of issues going on between like, you know, women's rights. So, so like, I always want to preface this. Yeah, respect all women. I'm you having say that fun here. So like both sides, I know, both, I know. Both hey, we're politically correct over here at SHWW, period. Make sure I don't piss anybody off, right? So, you know, I sh- I'm sure guys, that God, there's a whole litany. I can only imagine the fish picks and shirtless uh, shirtless pictures, which I look dumb in both of them. So I don't touch fish and I don't have a six pack. So, um, but the thing of it is headshots, rookie mistake. Like you see a chick, all she's got is headshots. She's probably a little big, right? Well, um, Bob's got a rim. Like Bob, what was your thing that you used to say? Don't look at the, the head. Look at what was it? What was it? The arm? That, that is, yeah, uh, while they're driving, you know, you, you you sneak a peek at the head, but then you look at the arm to make sure that there's driving. like there's, it's not out of proportion. You know, yeah, if, ten if you two, do, and then you look at one. Like, okay, yes, you, you are yes, yes. If you do go on a date, make sure they drive so you can look at their their arms at their while they're driving. That one I didn't know, and uh, now I definitely will. Uh, I keep a little notebook here. I'll uh, I'll jot that down in there to make sure I uh, I don't forget that one. <laughs> the other one is uh, so you gotta watch a side angle right they're very good at like how they position their legs um they're also uh the the war the hardest one though is when they put pictures up there like a year or two old right that you know maybe they're in the best shape like maybe they're tan maybe they're this maybe they're that and look before anyone is like hey this guy's such a dick he's so superficial bullshit all right Everybody on that is superficial. You're shopping for men and women by their pictures. All right. So like, listen, if you're trying and, and, and to uh, we big Hawk and I know a few folks that are, that are damn Rembrandt with the filters, the picture filters. I can't wait to edit this podcast by the way, because we got uh, Tim, the tool man over here is uh, keeps adjusting all of his things. He's just, banging around my ear but um yeah the old pictures are 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 a challenge right so you have to here's here's how you have to handle this This is from a savant okay you gotta bring it up in the conversation you know so when you start having those conversations there's any question in your mind men out there women out there um that hey how can i prevent myself from showing up and just realizing as soon as I make eye contact, like, damn, this is going to be a long, I don't know. I got from the time I see this person, I'm, I got to figure out how I'm going to get out of it. You got to bring it up in the conversation. When you're talking to them. Here's my move is it's like, Oh yeah, it's tough out here, you know, because uh, girls do this, that, and the other. And so uh, I had one instance, for example, where I explained the things I just explained to you. And I mentioned about how you know, I try to jokingly bring up that, I've sort of been in a situation where I've walked into a landmine um, and the girl just goes away, just never says another word to me. And what that told me was I just dodged a landmine, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, a, it's, man, it's like shopping at the, uh, at the Goodwill, you know, you sort of go and you look and you got to realize it's not, like dam- like, it's not like damaged good. I mean, you're on there too. Like, exactly. Like, what do you think I'm but my cousin, I mean, he met his wife on Tinder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody, you find love. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've ever met a single person on there that ain't a little bit. I mean, I definitely, I fit the bill. 
bro. Like, I mean, you guys have seen me drink, you know? I mean, everybody deserves love. Uh, yeah. You know, you find it in hopeless places. Um, but, uh, Bob, that's why I watch The Bachelor, Lorette, and uh, every... <laughs> Wait, say, hey, is, that, is that like a four-syllable word? Is there a space in there? Like, well, I want to get it politically correct. You know, you just can't say Bachelor because it is a Bachelorette. Okay. Um, her name. Is that how you say it? Uh, oh, I thought you said her name was Lorette. Uh, Tasha, Tasha, Tasha. I tell you what, I like Tasha over or Tasha. Yeah, Tasha over. Like, uh, like Claire. I mean, Claire. Uh, no, 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 I like Tasha. Crazy. I mean, from the time you, I mean, you make eye, lock eyes with her, and you know, like, all right, I'm in for her. And Dell are about to have babies. Yeah, she already said that. Um, moving like, really fast. Six months. We're already about a month in. So. Uh, Disappointed you watch real babies. Bachelorette. Uh, I think they're talking about the real ones. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no Bachelorette. Boy, that really, uh, you know, I didn't really uh, throw a curveball. Like, okay, you did, just... man. That's, a, that's a, definitely a uh, one of those. And it didn't land in the fairway. Um, big <laughs> Hawk. Save us, dude. What do you got? I've got nothing. Oh, um, RIP. But uh, now, hey, Bob, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Don't want to hey, take man. up anytime, your whole night. Anytime you want, you know, golf with Bob, if you want to have a segment. You, I like you that. It's on. got a little ring. Do, golf I with do. Bob. Boomerang, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Boomerang, golf with, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll come back around every week. Yeah, let's do I, it. That's also, that's also my shtick. Uh, anytime I go on a date with my girlfriend is I, I do a fake boomerang. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I call myself Boomerang Bob in that regard. I fake pour the wine, you know. So, so yeah. See, we're always connected with the female audience at Sleepwalk Worldwide, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, Bob, man, yeah, seriously, it's been a, a, a pleasure catching up with you, man. We really appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, really just uh, giving us a, uh, a look into what you got going on, man. And enjoy the show, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm part of Sleep Hawk Nation. Yeah, so yeah. I'm all in. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure the audience is going to be hitting us up, telling us it was so amazing. Um, and electric. Hey, Preston, yeah. Preston, if you make it this far, let us know. Yeah, Preston, by an active guy, if you're still listening, <laughs> <laughs> then stop hanging. If you're still listening, Preston, you, me, golf course. You name the place, I'll be there. <laughs> all right, all right thank thanks, buddy. Brother. Later.